Welcome back to the Buddy Ruski Show. This is episode four. Appreciate you guys listening today. We've got a special guest with me. If you listened to episode three, you heard Toriano and I talk about a mutual friend of ours, a great artist and, and big fan of Puerto Rican soul food. Uh, but his art actually hung in the pop-up space in Boricua Soul in September during their stint in pop-up at ATC. My special guest today is Raj. Raj, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Justin. Raj is uh, an artist, a screen printer here in Durham, among many other things. Uh, moved here to Durham by way of Baltimore. Uh, and Raj and I met actually the same day that Toriano and I met at a runaway event at Mercury Studio in 2014. So it's just another one of those times where a lot of these connections started to, to blossom. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad to have you here to talk about many things. Uh, I have about an hour's worth of audio before we even hit record today, uh, because we just got into so many different topics of discussion as typical uh, of our interactions together. We talked Game of Thrones, talked uh, people being haters, talked video about games. nutrition, video games. Yeah, so we may get back into some of that stuff today, uh, but I'd, I'd like to start going through your upbringing, kind of how you got to Durham. We chatted a, a few years ago, actually. I did a quick write-up for the Runaway website when you had your art in our space in the mm -hmm. store when we first opened and we talked some about your um, desire to be an artist and kind of how that conflicted with what your parents wanted for you, which is probably true of most artists. Um, but yeah, t tell, me, tell us a little bit about kind of how you got to the point you are in your career and you know, where, where your path maybe had turned from the traditional route that was expected of you into the artists that we know today. Oh man, the start. I mean, but if we got to start somewhere, I mean, I guess it starts when I was a kid. Uh, I grew up my both my parents were immigrants from Thailand. Uh, so, you know, when I was young, they were pretty much working all the time, busting their ass, trying to, you know, get stuff for my brother and I, but. And what did they do? <clears throat> uh, my mom, she's a dentist now, but she, when she started, I mean, she was, uh, I mean, she's done everything from cleaning houses to to washing dishes in Chinese restaurants. She's done uh, like you know just everything and anything just to to get by. But then, and my dad was a mechanic for uh, thirty years, thirty five years, forty years. He was he's was like he always worked on cars. That was like the only job I know he had. But uh, uh, yeah, so I remember when I was young, it started like, being an artist. Never really came to my mind. Is I was pretty much like we were too poor to have like toys and stuff. So sure. I pretty much would draw, you know, monsters that I've seen from like TV or like whatever, or, like just creatures of sorts and just I'd put them on pieces of paper and then, you know, color them in. I'd cut them out and I'd take cardboard boxes and then I'd cut them out and glue, I'd go or glue them to those cardboard boxes and like cut them out. So I would have these like bins of paper cut out monsters. And that's, you know, that's where it started. And then as I like, what was your inspiration as a kid? What were you watching that you were emulating? Oh God, I'm like Godzilla. Godzilla. I've seen every Godzilla movie. I love Godzilla. They're like monsters. They got a new one like, coming out, don't they? They have. They do have a new one. King of, uh, King of. Is it Godzilla? King of the Monsters. So it should be. It should be introduced. It should be getting 
a lot of the the side monsters that a lot of a lot of people don't know about, giving them some screen Ma- time. Mothra, and Mothra, I think Ghidorah. Rodan, yeah, King Ghidorah, and like I mean, there's also crazy ones like like Gigan, who is like this like bird robotic bird monster with like blade knife blade knife arms and mm-hmm. had like a buzzsaw on his stomach and he could fly and had like laser beam eyes like it was like it was such a when you look at it when i look at it now as a kid it just looks like like what is this mo- or as a, as a grown-up it's like what is this monster that i'm looking at it's like such a mess of like design but as a kid it was like that was the coolest thing ever or like was king kong ever part of Godzilla? there was like <sighs> there were like these like weird it was like kind of one of those like you know like you're like, you're like oh there's like fantasy battles like oh man Superman would destroy like like uh, Goku Goku yeah. or like but like now people like have actually made these things but it's like it was like the original like fantasy crossover like, yeah event. crossover yeah. but like they did one in the eighties it was it was King Kong versus Godzilla and King Kong won I was very I was mm, I don't believe that I don't believe that at all because this is a radioactive like nuclear bomb walking versus a just essentially a giant man yeah you know that's like really like okay like that's not gonna win like like, like, i'm sorry i I guess it just shows like we have heart or something i don't know but it's just like but yeah they they try to do it was like really weird and like campy and just like not good it was like not a good one the good monster movie but then there's like also uh, like this other kind of like godzilla knockoff you heard of gamera Mm, i don't know that basically flying like turtle that had like Godzilla like breath that would like could travel through space. I highly suggest you look it up because it's so outlandish. But it's just like he was just like this space traveling turtle who could just like save people or like save like you know save the day against this like giant monster or something. It's just like really it's really goofy. Gamera, like I would check it out. And then uh, so that was your inspiration early on for. For the art, for the scribbles that you yeah were scribbles doing. I would do, and then like as I got older, I remember like and then in elementary school I had this group of friends who like we like we had all separately seen like Predator in our own way. Then like one of my friends had had like Aliens, like uh, like the sequel to Alien. It was like that seeing that as like a fifth grader like just blew my mind. I, this like, is the original movie. The original one, like uh, my buddy, like so I saw it. it was, this is ninety. I mean, this is like I was ten. It's ninety four, ninety five, and I saw it. Like we watched it, like during like a sleepover or something like that. And I remember my mind just being absolutely just like blown. Like I was like, what? What did I just watch? Like what was this masterpiece? This like cinematic like action adventure masterpiece that I've just like just like gone on this like road so like me my my group of friends and i we would draw these like crazy posters of like alien versus versus the space marines versus like predator and like it would be these would be like this is a bunch of fifth graders drawing like the most violent (laughs) scenes like like definitely if i was if i was a kid now drawing this shit i would be sent to the office and be like this kid is troubled he is drawing pictures of humans with their chests bursting out blood and guts everywhere like people being dismembered and like aliens like running around and i was like yo this is was just tight like all the stuff that was being shown to me at the time was just like it was just just like so soft so soft and like this is not what i want i don't want to i want to like give me some like ah this is like the action that i always like should have gotten that alien versus predator trademarked when you had the chance all right man that was uh 
I like look at the. I like wish I still had these posters too, because I can like remember like certain parts. Like I was thinking about like, I remember one of the drawings. There's like a, there's like guys using mortars. I'd never. I don't think I maybe I'd seen a mortar before or like I didn't know. I just knew it was like oh it was like a grenade launcher thing. So it's like drawing them attacking. Yeah, there's like there's like all these and like just the way like we were. Like I look at those drawings then and look at my art now, I'm like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. What's what's happening? I've like I've grown, but like st- I'm still sticking to the things that like like the kind of because a lot of my art. If you, I mean, if you, you've seen a lot. Of it, it's just like it's like a pause in like the chaos, you know. Just like you just like it's like that Zach Morse timeout. Like what's and it's like everyone's in this like freeze frame of just like madness, just like rah, like sh- just chaos, just spilling out everywhere, but. I know that was like what really like that those, those movies seeing that because nothing I feel like nothing like it's in sci-fi even like to this day it's like hard to find things that hold a light uh, like I get like uh, like to the it's like, especially aliens like that was almost it's almost like a perfect like adventure like sci-fi like film it's just like it, it you you go it's, in it's pretty high up on the all-time movie list that I've seen. Yeah. Oh, for, especially for for the genre. Mm-hmm. And also look at the cast too. Like the cast is just like phenomenal. Like everyone, like it's like the entire, like you look at like every one of those people who was in that movie, like did like has gone on and been on in like amazing, amazing films. You know, like, it's just like, and uh, even before that movie, it's, I mean, it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird now how, like film franchises now it's like now like we were talking about earlier with our game of thrones like unless you're you create that world and make it like an like you know a hundred year franchise essentially it's like it's 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 just it's like a just drop in the bucket doesn't matter like it doesn't it doesn't really like you got to build things now like with like my new my new series of, of print or my my print series of prints i'm working on it's just like i'm trying to create this like a druggernaut Worldscape of just taking all like the you know messed up twisted things that but they have to do with drugs in our world, but just, you know turning them to these monsters on the page that are kind of like fictitious, but you know doing terrible things on the page. But you know, when it, and it comes to the reality of things, it's like nothing compared to like what it what it is. But yeah, there's not a lot of new IP out right now. It's it's a lot of you know the M you the MCU mm-hmm. Star Wars. Harry Potter, yeah, uh, even yeah. even a lot of the the horror films. Um, Halloween came the, back Halloween, out again. Yeah, it's like it's, it's a lot. And of they're pet set, like all like all the Stephen King novels. After with the, with the success of it and seeing how how people new like old fans and new fans just really took to it. And now like they're doing Pet Cemetery, and it's like you look at like you've seen the trailer for Pet Cemetery. Oh, dude, it's like. Well, like I thought, I remember seeing the original Pet Cemetery as a kid. That scared me as a kid. I saw the the new one. I'm like this is creepy. This is like they're doing a really good job. Like they really, like because you look back at like you know, if you see the original It, mm-hmm. that is the worst. <laughs> it is so bad. I did not know why it scared me as a kid. Like I watch it now. I'm like this is so dumb and so campy. And then you watch like the new It, and you're like this is fucking terrifying. Like yeah. this is. Like if I was a kid who saw the new It now, I would just be done from like horror movies. Cause that- I, I can't watch them. I, I stay away from. I like thrillers, but I I don't do The Hills Have Eyes or like and, ho- like horror. Yeah, horror. But what about like like Have you seen The Witch? Mm-mm. Ooh, so like right now I feel like we're in this. 
If if it has too much CGI, I don't want. Any See, part of it. there's a lot of in like the last couple of years, like horror has like really come in, like Hereditary, which just came out this year. Super, it's a really good story, and but like it that involves like supernatural like mysticism stuff. And then uh, like The Witch is another one. It was, like, it was the same director, but The Witch is like it's like almost like historical like horror because mm. it takes place during like puritanical like massachusetts like yeah. living like you know and this like family gets like outcasted and they go live in like the edge of you know the woods and you know there's a witch but it's like it's like the what happens in the movie it's very it really they 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 draw you into like that's the thing it's like with, with horror movies that i love so much it's like it's a, one of the few movies that elicits an actual body response. Like you actually have a physical reaction to this like movie. It's not happening to you, but you're like scared of shit. You're just like, ah, like you're terrified, but you're like, it's, you're in a safe environment while it's like this terrible, and it's just, but like, it's just something that it just, it, that, that emotion that like, that just like the adrenaline and you gets like pumping and you're just, that's like, it's hard to, to get that out of, like music or like just like anything in general it's like the very few things like elicit that response but like while you're still safe you know what i'm saying it's like in a, like a controlled area it's like i don't want to be in a in a dark woods being chased by like a deranged madman but the feeling i get from watching a movie about someone who's getting to is like i will take that feeling over it like you know the real one but at what point does the switch turn on for you in school where drawing and, and art become goes from being a hobby into something where you're sort of looking at it as a path forward. Oh man, I mean that that took a long time because in school. Yeah, what was what was the what were the arts programs like in oh. Baltimore? Uh, well, I would I so I went to college at Baltimore. I lived. I'm from Montgomery County, okay. Maryland originally, a town called Kensington, and uh, it was an interesting place to live because where I lived was I was like on in between like working class and like upper and like upper middle class so like in growing up i had this view like like growing up i was a skateboarder and like like you know skateboard graphics and 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 like skateboard wear and all that stuff in the 90s was very also very like influential in like what art or things i like looked at and also skateboarding allowed me to you know, hang out with kids. I hung out with like the whole gamut of like the economic scale. It was like, there was poor kids and there was like super rich kids, but like we all met at the skate park and it was like all, it was all equal. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, can you ride your board? Can you put, do these tricks? Can you like, you know, woo. Can't buy cr- talent. You know, you can't buy talent. Exactly. But so like, you know, being able to, from skateboarding, I got to see, how like affluent America lived and I saw how like impoverished America lived and like kind of it's like like growing up it was just me kind of like weaving my way through things because I feel like as an Asian I'm relatively invisible to most people like I don't really like like I'm really good at just I can be like a wallflower and just kind of have really easy for me to like hang out so like growing up I saw all these different ways of living. And so, you know, my one thing that I got from doing all that was that, or seeing all that 
was that my like where I am at, I have an interesting view on on what's happening with different types of people and how can I like I would draw stuff just like you know st- like draw stuff from skate park draw stuff about my friend's house that, that you know I draw these houses I draw these like like I just draw like a lot of stuff and there's like people be like yo that's tight like that's a good drawing that's like you know it's, that's what it, start, it always started is that like oh that's tight you should draw this or you should draw that oh can you do tattoos and, like, and this was about your surroundings that was my surroundings and it was like I didn't realize it was doing still life at the time I was, just, I was just drawing like cool shit or just like like or just I just just drawing stuff, and then in the drawing, like I you know I draw in classes all the time. Like I was that guy who was that kid who was my notes and tests and stuff always had drawings in the margins, or like or like just I'd be yelled at all the time. Raj, stop drawing! Like, and I remember like like there was like some attempts in like it was like middle school or something to start like, like skateboard companies. Oh, like how these like you know we're gonna start skateboard companies and like. Like, you know, draw these certain things or like, you know, like, oh, we didn't know how easily we could have done it. But like, it was just like, you know, these like essentially skateboard dreams, you know, and this is before skateboarding was cool. And like skateboarding is cool now. And it's just weird. <laughs> it's like it's like popular culture. It's just like, you I think know, it's like, true for a lot of subversive culture. It's been flipped on its head. And mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. it's well, if you think about it, it's just like popular it's culture. just the the people who created it there they became adults and were able to produce the stuff for you know they like like oh i can make this stuff i know i was like these kids i can just make this stuff and they'll buy it you know it's just like and boom it like worked like you look at all the big skateboard companies it's all all skater owned and it's Mm -hmm. all like you know they've just been i don't know it's just like growing up it was kind of this thing like i had this skill to draw i could draw but no one ever thought it, it was like. Well, it, it sounds was, like you had perspective too. That you were able to be a narrator of sorts for your. Yeah, but it was also. It was, I didn't like. I didn't know the power of it. I guess it would be like at the time, or like the how, how, important to myself out, or like how like I would use it as, a means to make money. In a way, it was just kind of like, oh, it's just like, because I remember like my dad could draw. He could, he was like actually like one of the first, like when I, remember when I was a kid, I would be like, hey, like dad, draw me like a two headed dragon. Okay. Draw me a three headed dragon. Now draw me a seven headed. And then I would just like throw these things and he would draw these like really, and he could, he was like, there's artists who can like draw just off the top of their head. And there's artists who like need a lot of reference stuff. And like my dad was like one of these people who could just draw like a bison or like a water buffalo or something. Like from memory, and just it just it looked like he was just like staring at a water buffalo for like the last like hour, and like now he just like pulled that out of his head and just put it on a page, and so like from right there, so that was like one of the early instances. But so as I got older and like you know in like middle school, high school, drawing, drawing wasn't it was just like a thing I did. It wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't even a passion. It was just kind of like like a nerve, not even a nervous, like a an outlet. An outlet, just kind of like, ah, just drawing. So, like, I just feel sketchbook. And also, I mean, like, getting in the, to, you know, there's always that that time in your life as a as a young artistic boy where you just, you, you want to do graffiti and, like, you have the black book and you start, like, tagging stuff. And, like, you know, I had friends who were doing that and they got me into that stuff. But it was just, like, it's, it's nothing. It's still, it was still, it's, like, outsider still, you know? It's not, like... 
you know, like, like oh, going to school for art, that's silly, you know, it's like, I'd, you know, friends were, I'm going to go to law school, I'm going to go to this, I'm going to go to that, and it's like, oh, I want to be an artist, like, uh... When I imagine that the, um, the internet really changed how people perceive certain professions, um, you were able to see, you're able to see now so many more outlets for creative endeavors and mm-hmm. the tools that are available to you to jumpstart your own creative passion are a lot more prolific. You know, you oh, can, yeah, you totally. can, if you're a, an artist, a photographer, especially stuff like photography, I mean, if you get on Instagram, it's just all mm-hmm. you know, a- amateur aspiring photographers we i guess we all are to some degree now with instagram but but yeah there's just the tools and the availability is just so much higher for creativity which in some ways makes the field more crowded but at the same time it's probably harder back in you know the 2000s late 90s 2000s to really see a path forward for an art career versus the alternative i mean only reason i mean that was was a point so after like even during like my high school like the end of high school i was doing some drawing illustrating some stuff but then i i don't know i like had to talk with my mom she's like you should try dentistry it's like okay i guess i can try that and i kind of like put all the drawing and graphic design and whatever stuff the creative part to like the side and I was doing like pre-dental stuff, but I was like, it was like on my own pace. So I was like, I like moved as far away as I could when I was like, when I was uh, 18, I moved to California for like a couple years, but, but you know, being 18 year old shithead in California and like, what else is there in California? Besides 18 year old shitheads. Uh, There's a lot of 18 year old shitheads, but like I... I regret nothing, but I was like not using my time wisely, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but I did, when I was out there, I did end up taking like my first printmaking class, which, which I mean, pretty much changed my life. I like, what did you move to California for? Uh, well, all my friends had gotten into like four year schools and like I applied to a bunch. I just didn't get in any of them. And I was feeling like super dumb and just like really down on myself. And I was like, well, I want to do something cool at least. And I had a buddy, one of my best friends was like, Hey, I'm going to move to California and go to SBCC, Santa Barbara city college. And then, uh, we'll transfer I'm going to transfer to UCSB. I'm like, that sounds like an awesome idea. Let's, let's do it. So we, we drove cross country and move out there. And like my buddy ended up leaving after like three months. And then I ended up staying here for like three years. And yeah, but like, the only thing I really, I mean, I made good friendships, but then I the, the, the biggest thing was I, it was that printmaking class. Professor Zwail Burke, she was, uh, was teaching at the, at the city college and at Santa Barbara. And she, she kind of set me on this path that I had no idea I was going to be on. Just kind of, how did your folks feel about this? Oh, new path that well, my mom taken, well, my mom, like, so she, came here when she was 14 so she's kind of like she's like she's very much you know she's thai but she's american she's very american in a lot of ways she's not like a tra- she wouldn't be a traditional like tiger mom in a sense she was like at first she kind of like but then she realized like how like i don't know she really comes down to like being happy 
like, are you happy with what you do? Like, are you like, are you enjoying it? And she, I mean, she saw I was miserable trying to become a dentist and she's like, maybe this is not your path. Like this is, this is my path, but it wasn't, it wasn't her, it wasn't, well, it was her path. It wasn't my path. And she was very understanding of like when I was like, I want to go back to school for, for art. Cause I have this talent that I got to do something with it. I can't just like, I could sit on it and do nothing. Just like be as a weird, obscure artist, but like, I'm probably still going to be a weird, obscure artist anyways. But like, I don't know. Like I got to do something with it. Kind of try to like, cause like my, like I was saying with my dad earlier, it's like he had this, these skills, like he could draft anything. He was like a self-taught gunsmith, knife smith. Like, you know, like he could draw, he could, you could, you know, carpentry you build build housing houses build all sorts of stuff and it's like he didn't use those talents to like he could have made a lot of money with those talents that he had but he never like fully because i feel like it's like a lot of things like how you have the talent but there's a lot of talented people out there but they don't there's got to be some practicality to to it too yeah yeah yeah. you're you're depending on what paths are available to you. Yeah. And that's, well, it's, I mean, for him is like, he, like he, I mean, doesn't have a college degree, but he's like, he was well read. My, my grandfather was like a, was a pretty renowned like author in Thailand. And so he, you know, my dad might've not been like, might've not gone to school and got like the, the school smarts, but he has like street smarts, outdoorsman smarts. He has like all the other things necessary to survive. Like, and so like, like for a long time, I didn't realize that he was pretty much training me to like live in an apocalyptic world. <laughs> I have like all those skills. It's like, oh, weird. I can hunt. I can fish. I can, I can fix things. That might come in handy. You know, like it's just like I'm like I had no idea. I can fight. I can I'm like whoa, this is weird. Like he's just been giving me. He's been preparing me. And it's the thing when you think about it too. It's like a weird thing. It's like that's how like everyone was prepared for like you know back. Then. But now we're just all just soft Americans. Well, this might be a good opportunity to take a quick break uh, and then we'll get into your time here in Durham, uh, your work with Super Graphic, uh, and then some of your stints out in Colorado as well, because that's uh, something that I haven't gotten to talk to you as much about that I'm really interested in. So we'll take a quick break here and we'll be right back. So we just started to get into a conversation about your transition as an artist from the places that you started doing illustrations and things into the uh, relief printing that you're maybe mostly known for here in Durham. A lot of the work that has been hanging in, in Boricua and in the Runaway Store are these really cool linoleum carvings. Um, there's one in particular that if I have my stats correct was seven feet long uh seven and a half seven Seven and a half feet feet long long. yeah uh that it's just it's remarkable that you could piece together one work of art and 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 it really was it's a story the whole thing is it's not a, a bunch of random uh engravings it really is one big piece of art and um but so you, you go out to California and then 
How do you end up getting back to the East Coast? Oh, that's a long, that's a long, long process. Because basically, my lat, my third year in, third and last year in California, I'd taken that printmaking class. I was getting more into art and or more into printmaking and and I I don't know. I was, was kind of at this moment in my life where I didn't have a lot. I was like just kind of getting by. But then I was like surrounded by like so much like affluence, like and I and like where I was, you know, was saying earlier where I grew up in Montgomery County, I had I saw what like affluent like growing up people who had like a lot of you know, a lot of money saw them growing up, but like in California it was like a whole nother like level and like seeing this the what you know kids right out of high school their access to like just like sports cars, just like, just like materialism on and consumerism on this like crazy level that I'd, I kind of like was like fed up with America and I like had to get out and I wanted to, and I was becoming like becoming more aware of like my identity as like a Thai, like a Thai American and like an, as in, you know, the, as the son of immigrants and kind of figuring out where my place was in like American society or just like this, this country in general, it's kind of like being, just very lost and just not knowing who I was like as a person. So I was like, let's go back. I'm going to go back to Thailand. So it's like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll find something there, you know, have this like great awakening of sorts. And so like, I ended up going back there and at first I was like, I was teaching, I was like tutoring English in like the Western part of Thailand. And, uh, it like, it was, I was tutoring during the week and then I would go up back to the mountains and then I was like an off-road, off-road, like, like, uh, crew boy. So basically, which was basically like, we'd go up with these, uh, off-roading, like, caravans into the jungle and like me and my friends would be, be like, if like we got stuck and stuff, we'd the ones getting out and like pulling the winch, tying it behind a bundle of like bamboo or a bunch of like a, behind a, a, like around a tree to, to pull the car out of the mud and then or the truck out of the mud. And then uh, we were responsible for like cooking and like setting up camp and doing all that, you know, just like we were like, we were the help essentially for these like rich Thai dudes who were just like, you know, coming out to, you know, get away from life in the city and just go be out in the woods. And then, uh, so you escaped one affluent society for another, for another, but when I was living in Thailand, I was like, you know, I was living in a house. It was like, I wouldn't even, it was like essentially a one bedroom that six of us were, were like one bedroom, uh, like building space, a living space that was like, that was sleeping, housing six of us. I like share, I had a, I had a, uh, a, a I shared a bed with a friend of mine in the living room and there's like his brother and a cousin had a bed upstairs and there was like another bed, like someone made like a drip, like a, a curtain, like a, you know, sheet wall to block off their room. And it was like all like, and so during the week we were all doing stuff in the, like working in the city. And then my, one of my friends, the, the place we were, we were at was like a military, like not like, it was like a military, not a barracks, but it was like the community next to the, the base. So I was like, and like, it was the craziest thing. Like we were living in this, like, almost like a, like a, like a shanty or like a, like the only thing holding like that locked the door was like the little latch 
but like a screen porch. That's it. Like you wanted to kick our door and you could just push it down. Like no, like, like it was the simplest living I think I've ever experienced. Like in like everyone was happy. That was that was the crazy. That was the the craziest part was seeing or living with people, being with people who like don't have anything, but they're happy and they go on with their lives. And then like you know going back to like you know what I was getting sick of in America was is people have so much. Yeah, complain about everything. Everything. Like, every it's day. every day. Oh, my phone, my internet, my this, my that. Like, this is like, yeah, you have a roof over your head. You have your health. You have you, you have electricity. Be thankful for even just that. Or, like, you've got access to, like, to get water. We, like, like, there's no, you don't get water from your faucet. Like, you have to go to, like, the, like, you know, what's happening in, in, in Flint, Michigan happens everywhere else in the world like in other countries like you like you just don't have like with one of those things we take for granted is clean water and like you know living like, like and like running water too like when i was living there like every for you know taking bucket showers like you take like you literally like there's just there's no fault there's just like a bucket that you just fill this giant bucket you fill with water then you just start taking the little your little bowl and you pour it over your head and do two dumps then you lather and then you've like Two more dumps, two more fucking pours of the water. I wish it. people could see you doing Dude, the visual just, for this. It's just the it was it was it was that was cool. That was like a whole like it made me appreciate. It, it really made me like think about what I had here and then in this country, or it, it like it put things in perspective. And it may put things in perspective like why, like I was like why my parents left, like or like what was like the idea of like the dreams that they were chasing and the dreams that like that like what they wanted to you know do with their lives but they didn't want to do it in thailand because it's like they saw how there is you know the Amer- the idea like that's why that's why people come here you know it's like i don't think enough people understand that no when we talk about immigration and the this idea that we as americans go all around the world and talk about how great our country is and not expect people to want to come yeah exactly it's like it. fuck of course these people want to come here because it's a great place like that's why it's like you have to like like i said my 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 dad was a mechanic for 40 years my mom came here she was like was washing dishes and stuff now she has like a like a successful like one of the most successful dental practices in like the dmv area and she's an asia she's a thai american she's a thai woman and like like dentistry is a very white industry, a white male dominated industry. Like most, yeah, like mo- like yeah. like most like doctoral professions. But it's like she's made a lot of waves in that profession because she's she's breaking the mold. She doesn't. She's like you know she's very up to date with technology stuff and like you know that's someone who like what she does. You know it with when it inspired it shows me. It's like you know it doesn't as you're only no one's gonna help you. Like you have to, like if you want to do things for your community, you just gotta do them. You just gotta be like the person. Like I was talking, I talked about like Pierce Freelon. Like I was hanging out with him at the most recent Runaway opening, and it's like what he's doing in the community. He's just doing it. You know, he's not waiting for someone to like, hey, like we got this brew and we want to do. You know, it's like no, like I'm gonna do it because because he wants to be. He doesn't want to be have like a like a like a, almost like a corporate agenda in a way like, like you know because like, uh, whenever someone's doing something good like we're talking about it's like there's always someone's always perceived like what what do you what, where's the you, catch what you, yeah what's the catch what are you how are you making money off this how are you good it's like no he he's like he's investing his 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 payout is when these youth 
like crush it or they go out in the world not not scared or like know their they know their limits and they know what they can do you know like showing empowering kids because that's what we all want to do we want to empower kids and like you know again going back to like where i was after after california like trying to find this mindset like where do i stand in like in this you know the great experiment that is america you know figuring out my identity and like going to thailand it was weird too because when I was in Thailand, I wasn't Thai either. I'm American mm. when I'm there, so like, you, ha- I had this whole different culture shock of not being accepted in some certain places, of always of being an outsider, even my in my own like home country, and that's when I realized I'm not Thai. I'm American. Like that's what I am. Like full that's stop. full st- like just like. Cause in Thailand I'm not I'm not Thai I'm American there and it's like that was like like holy shit like it kind of like turned my like whole world upside just like whoa what a, and like you know that's when like once that really started kind of like that fire started like you know igniting in me and like started spreading I was like oh man I have to like get back I need to like like really and I think that's what like my parents like like wanted or like knew what was gonna happen they were gonna like he was like he'll he'll wise enough he'll see he'll like uh, he'll figure it out but it's like and and but going there like you know and seeing how seeing what thailand was like and how people in thailand live and just seeing like how it just really just you have to be happy you have that's where it really comes it's like if you're happy doing what you do then and you can and you, and you know you can get by doing that then like that's what you're calling. You just be like being happy as no one's happy these days. Like everyone's miserable. We have, well, there's such to your point about the people affluence in California and the multiple cars and things. There's always this, if you place your value in material items like that, and we, we all do it to some degree, but it's never enough. Oh yeah. You can never have too many cars. You can never have too many houses. You can never, never have too many more money, more problems, or suits or shoes or whatever it is, and where, it, as for you living in Thailand, very minimally, you're forced to reconcile and understand that there are a few basic things that are going to make me exactly happy. And if I have those basic things, then anything else other than that is it's a bonus. Extra, it's a bonus. Yeah. It's that's so you got to look at life. It's like. If you have, you know, you know what makes you happy. Anything that's, and you got, I got a lot of bonuses in my life right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, and I'm, most Americans do, if mm-hmm. not all Americans to some degree. So we do, but we just, but the thing is, it's like, I think we've talked about this, but not not just recently, but like before in general, just with like social media, is like we have, uh, juried this juried, like, f- like image. Of themselves you know it's like a it's a filtered you know vert it's like hey look what i'm doing here i'm traveling this i'm doing this with this person check who i'm with name drop this you know which is like you know just everyone's you're you're like people are promoting their lives and but only like, the good parts like only the good parts and say so no one's doing the bad no one's doing the hard stuff or like they do but it's like very selective you know it's not like and it's like because let's be real everyone's got shit going on at all times of the day, week, whatever. Everyone, like, no one is always at 100. I'm sorry. Like, you can keep it 100. Even people keeping it 100, they got some fucking, some terrible shit happening behind them, but they're just trying to not, there's a reason they're going 100, you know? Like, they, they don't want to stop and look at that shit, because it's like, it's, 
you know, like we all got stuff to deal with. It's like you gotta like, you just gotta figure out what makes. That's what I'm saying. You gotta figure out what makes you happy because if you can't, you're just gonna be miserable. Like you can have. I know people who have like plenty of money and they're still miserable. They still complain about shit. It's like, dude, what do you have to complain about? Like you, yeah. <laughs> like you, yeah, like like your your complaints are just so like. It's just like, ah. You want to say that they're trivial, but at the same time, they are human beings. And yeah. if that is truly making them unhappy and depressed, then that should be... Well, I think people keep... People... what like They are living up to other people's expectations of what they should be doing. Especially now. Yeah, especially now. Because, like... I mean, if you look at it, like, in... like. I was saying earlier, it's like, you, like I'm a tiger mom's like worst nightmare. Because I'm an artist and a farmer. It's like, why you be tar- artist farmer? You broke broke as hell. You have no money. Like it's like what, like, <laughs> like that's like, but I'm happy and like my my wife supports me. She like she's you know she she like I mean if she was like hey stop doing this I'm like sure I'm done like I was all hanging up but she's friend supports me. I'm like I've been able to support her too. Like I've been like been able to buy you know just being able to like take care of things like pay a mortgage pay like all stuff with like with like art with pieces of paper i'm selling it's like whoa this is bananas you know it's like a weird again it's a kind of talking about again like talking about earlier like, uh, earlier conversation before we were recording is like you know, like making money or like tr- having people see the value in my like piece of paper that i've made or like my painting or whatever anything i've created like them want, like seeing the value in it and wanting to trade either money or you know goods whatever for it and that's like that's kind of been this like what like that's been the ongoing like like struggle to figure out how do i get to reach more people who want to like trade stuff or like buy stuff or just like that's always like like the struggle and they really don't teach i mean i feel like they're trying to teach an art school now it's like how to like market yourself but like they really that's what i think most if if an artist (laughs) were to go to school i think a either a business yeah, admin, yeah. or a marketing degree. They started doing that at, at MICA, like right, like in my last semester, but I was like so preoccupied with Where's that? Uh, uh, Maryland Institute College of Art gotcha. in Baltimore. That's what I, before I moved here, I was in Baltimore for uh, two and a half years. Coming back from Thailand. So yeah, so, yeah, so, so, so that's like, so let me get back to, so in Thailand, I figured out like, I need to get back to, to get back to America and I need to finish, like, I need to see this art thing through. And see where I can go with it. And so, at that point, got back to America, moved me back with my mom, my dad. I was, like, working at this, like, my mom, she had a, a little import boutique. So, I was working at this, like, family shop for a couple years. So, I'd be, like, work at the, sh- the shop. And it was, like, right right down the street from, like, the skate skateboard park I, like, grew up at, like, going to all the time. So, I was, like, going skateboarding, like, every day after work with, like, all these, all, like, the local uh, local skate kids. And then, uh, and like other, and like skate dudes, there's like a bunch of like, like, it was basically all these, it was like, it was a group of like, I want to say like 20, 20, 25 dudes. It was like all ranging from age. I was definitely like the oldest, but like from like 19 to like, I was like 20, 20, 22 at the time. And, uh, and so like, I was just, just. And while I was doing that, I was also going to community college in Maryland, uh, Montgomery College, good old Yale on the rail, as they call it in Maryland, but uh, really good community college. And I like honestly, like like time out, like community colleges, like are 
every like that's where you should go to school like like university university that like that they are a business they're in it for your money and for your that that crazy loan that you're gonna about to take out and invest in yourself like you can go to a community college and transfer anywhere and save yourself or not but, or, or not or yeah. not but it's just like that's like I mean my my like going back to my mom like my mom she went to community college didn't even go to undergrad skipped that and went to Howard Dental School like. <laughs> Like, that's like, you just, you don't have that whole middle part. You can skip it. You don't need, as long as you're busting your ass. And if you know what you want to do and can like do your shit, like you can, you don't need to like follow the same path everyone else does. It's like, so going back to my path, it was like, you know, came back to going to community college and then I, I like, I wanted to stay in Maryland because I stay around Maryland because my dad in 2000 nine had a like a pretty bad like hemorrhagic stroke and so it left him paralyzed on the left side of his body like from pretty much like neck all the way down so he can't he can like he can like walk with a cane but he he, he needs a lot of assistance but uh so i wanted to be close to home but like not in my home anymore because <laughs> there's a certain point like you just gotta move out you can't be in in you in can't your, be the stereotype. You, you, yeah, you can't, you can't be you can't a, be a starving artist living in your mother's exactly. Basement. And you just have to get out somehow, some way. And so, uh, I applied to school uh, in Baltimore. I kind of like put all my eggs in my basket. I was like, maybe I'll get to the school. So let's see it. So I applied. I got in, and then ended up moving to Baltimore and going to school there for two year, two and a half year. <clears throat> excuse me, two and a half years, and. I got my degree, a BFA in printmaking, which in the end it's a kind of arc. It's like why to do this? Because this is a dying, <laughs> dying art form. It's like you could have just uh, screen printed a degree, uh, right? I could have screen printed and just faked one, just made it my own school. In hindsight, I could have done anything. But anyways, but it's like I really wanted to do print. I like really. There's something about it that that just I don't know, just resonated with me. Just how it's growing up and like you know. My dad being a mechanic and being very hands-on and making his own things. There's something about printmaking where you know, create this matrix that I can print a bunch of copies off of, essentially. And it's, it's you know, and I remember growing up that I would make, like, a cool drawing. I wouldn't want to part with it because it was like, this is tight. I really like it. I want to keep it. But, like, in order to make money as an artist, you got to sell your tight stuff. So, But with printmaking, it's like, I could make tight stuff. You still have it. But I could sell it to other people, so that's what really like was the 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 print the creating multiple like aspect of printmaking really got me into it because it's like you should try t-shirts. Ah, <sighs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I know I know a thing or two about. Uh, I know. I mean, like you, yeah, you do you do know your t-shirts. You do know, I've done a couple, but it's just it's well, and the shirt that that you did with us is one of my favorites. That's I I wish I did more. I want to do more. I just like I just like it's always like I always like like set like in my mind i'm like oh god like what am i because like with gabe's with runaway it's just like it's it's this it reaches so many people it's one of the few like like what what like he, he has done what you helped do also it's like it was create this brand that got to everyone not just like it's not just streetwear it's not for like hip-hop heads it's for everyone. It's like if you're part of Durham or the Triangle, like people like you know seeing this stuff out in like Raleigh now or like out in like other places of the Triangle, like people repping like Durham like really like super hard and like 
it's it, it's like it's kind of crazy to see because I have like all my friends who are like from Durham and like seeing like how this place has changed and seeing how like you know there's there's is some pride I do see my friends who have some like pride in like the the cool things that are happening at least yeah. like with with Durham and seeing like when did you move here uh six years ago okay. so I moved here twenty twelve and it was like right when like the legislator here was like flipping on its yeah. <laughs> like it was just like because I, I before I moved here I was like because my wife got in here because it was basically like after Baltimore so I graduated from Baltimore and my wife got into uh, UNC's uh, got into a UNC master's program at the for nutrition and public health so you guys were together in baltimore yes yes yeah. we moved yeah she she was kind of in this she was doing americorps and she was like i need to get out of my house too and i was like okay i'm moving to baltimore and she's like okay let's move to baltimore and so we just like moved in together but uh yeah and then we and then we actually we got married in 2012 after we i graduated from school and so like got married i graduated we got married then she got in this grad school so we moved down to to chapel hill and lived there for two years and then moved to Durham uh I guess four years ago now and uh just kind of like lived in, we lived in a uh, wall town for two years and then we bought a house uh last year and we and she works for the the city of Durham oh, no the county of county, Durham yeah. yeah county of Durham she's a <coughs> sorry she's a uh nutrition nutritionist for the elementary schools so she's we are She's doing her part in the community. That's what that's kind of like, and she's. Well, like, you both are. Well, yeah, we, we both are. We both are. We're like, I her her. I I feel like her job is way much much more. It's like she's there's actual. You can see the results of her influence because you know getting kids and getting kids and through kids their parents to eat like healthy or change their dietary habits has been like a really like really. Like just awesome experience, just to see how, what she's essentially is doing. She's she's deprogramming just like years of just just bad, bad like advertisement and like and like people buying garbage quality food and just eat like you know, or having that's all they have access to and didn't know that there was more to it than than just like processed garbage. Do you know? think that'll ever become a part of your? Or is there is there a series in the future for you? Because a lot of, and, and I want to talk a little bit about this, uh, the themes for your art, a lot of the art that, that I've seen uh, are related to the drug war, police brutality, a lot of things that were um, prominent in the discussion the last few years around uh, just socio political conversations mm -hmm. in general and about what type where is is america driving right now and um what's the i mean growing up in the baltimore area uh and then being even out in, in california and being here in in the triangle um what are what was what are those inspirations for you um in terms of kind of where you're getting where your art is right now? Well, now, I don't know, my big thing now, I I've, I've been really trying, like, been trying to like, I've been wrestling with this idea of just, I mean, like, I just, like I said before, like identity, and especially with like me growing up, Thai, Amer, Thai, growing up 
son of immigrants in America, like figuring out what, or like figuring out how to empower other, like, like, like children of immigrants or people who like, you know, who aren't, who aren't traditionally from here, but getting them to realize that like those differences that you're made fun of for where like you're a kid are like actually your strengths like and they're just the reason they make fun of you, or like getting them to realize like the the strength in being different and being you know not of the same cut of a cuff like from like like you know like you know gr- growing up like I, I mean i got turned off thai food growing up because i got made fun of like straight up like i mean like Ed- eddie wong like does talks about us a lot and like that's why i like i resonate with a lot of like what he says in, in food stuff is that like, like you know, he was savagely made fun of. Like I was savagely made fun of as a kid by like bringing like rice, like fried rice. I brought fried rice to to school one time. Never again. Ew, rice with eggs? That's gross. Ew, this smells like fish. This is disgusting. Like ew, what are you like? Just getting made fun of so much to the point where I, like I was like I'd rather just buy like the shitty school lunch. Like I'll eat chicken nuggets. I'll eat tater tots. I'll eat the pizza, and then. And that's a whole other can of worms, too, because, like, eating pizza and drinking chocolate milk, I would get sick every Friday, because, like, I would eat the stuff, and I didn't realize I was, like, lactose intolerant, or, like, my body didn't handle it, and I would get, like, hella sick. I'd go, like, throw up, or I'd, like, go take a massive shit after eating, like, drinking all this, like, dairy, just, like, ingesting, I'd just be like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm a weirdo, because I can't eat pizza or drink chocolate milk, like, what's wrong with me? But, like, it's, yeah, like, like... Yeah, food is it's just been such a weird it's been a weird journey. And like food actually now has helped me kind of figure out more about my my culture because it's like, you know, Thai, when I say I'm Thai, everyone's like, "Oh, Thai, I love Thai food. I love Thai food." And like and then but my thing now is to is to get people into the lesser known Thai foods, like more of the stuff that's like 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 the street food stuff and more things like, you know, like everyone knows pot Thai. Everyone knows like, you know, Thai food spicy, but like they don't know what is spicy specifically or like, you know, trying to get people to get out of their, their, their comfort zone. But yeah, it's just, it's just with, 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 with my wife, with her food knowledge and what she's doing with the community and with like my art, what I'm doing, I'm trying, trying to figure out where, there's a middle ground. There's there. a middle ground. There's a really like informational, like or really educational middle ground that we can kind of, we can reach. But I've just got to get. I'm still, I'm still fig- trying to figure it out. But there's something you know, just getting people. Like I won't want to like you know print stuff that's like, because like, one thing I've been thinking about recently is that, right now we're a nation of where, we're undereducated. We're undernourished. We're we're super sick. Like, and we have we're like, we're squabbling over like petty differences and stuff that we're like we're so divided like, and we're so divided and so like not healthy that it's it's clearly clearly it's benefiting like you know a a a small group of people in this country and it's like and you know the sicker the fatter the sicker the dumber we get the less opposition we have to 
to fight these these like you know the new the new age of robber barons like look at Jeff Bezos like oh he's he is he's the, you know he's he's a liberal progressive but he's like super rich asshole still you know like <laughs> he's like or like he, he just like there he is like so much like how the amount of money he makes like a minute like it's 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 mind boggling and like this dude does not like. He could he could end he could literally pay for everyone to go to school or like get a degree in whatever they wanted you know like it's or he could pay it just it's just we just live in live in this time just like really twisted like what our priorities are you know I don't know if that makes well, his priority is to leave this planet altogether he's trying to build space oh yeah he's going to space he's yeah. he's building Elysium yeah. he's gonna be like him and Elon Musk they're gonna build Elysium they're gonna have the bot the, the like they said earlier they're gonna be printing out organs. They're gonna live forever. When like Dick Cheney is like all these rich old rich dudes, they are they want technology to go wild and they want to know. Oh, I'll take your CRISPR whatever. I'll take your stem cell injection here. Well, they'll take. They're they're they want to live forever. They they're basically just trying to like the the old rich dudes now are just trying to survive long enough till someone creates some sort of form of immortality. Where they'll be around and they'll be like they'll just be running their business forever. Horcruxes, you know? dude. That's the dude, way to do it. Oh, <laughs> Horcruxes. That's the way. You just you know, break yours. What's in my soul? Who cares about that? It's gonna break into a couple that's pieces, true. right? They don't have souls. They don't have to souls. Break. So they're like, what is? It doesn't matter to me. So they just break it apart and they can just do the most like unfathomable, like crazy things. Like it's, it's really. I don't know. Like the I, I have to like take breaks from news now because it's just like so depressing how much some of these people are making and like how much money how much like wealth they have and just how like 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 I have my favorite my favorite subreddit right now is late stage capitalism because it's just like all these memes of just i'm just now getting into Reddit. oh man like, like go check out late stage capitalism it just makes you real just real <laughs> you're just like oh man it's like like they make fun of like things like now where it's like you know, oh, this teacher got diagnosed with cancer. All of his coworkers are chipping in their sick days so that he can, you know, he can not get fired because he's got cancer. And it's like, what the fuck are we like? This is this is not normal, everyone. This is not how we should be operating things. Like, and it's like, it's fucking crazy. Or like, it's like, ah. Oh. I don't know, so it just, sounds like you have a lot of inspiration for for art going forward. There's a well, this it's it's when when the when the world is like its shittiest. I mean, you can look at like if you look at our history as not just like it's not just history of art. It's history of just like society. Like a lot of the crazy art that's like withstood time. It's just there was some crazy shit happening at those times. There's some bad stuff. Like you look at stuff like a lot of like especially in print. There's a lot of like blood like bloody terrible things that have been been put to put to the block and like printed and 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 you know immortalized in a way and it's like mostly just like war it's like wars it's it's you know massacres it's just like all these you know and it's like that's one the constant thing is like we are terrible <laughs> as a species we do some heinous things to one another and like it like it really like it may be peaceful maybe quote peaceful here but like you know you look at plate like yemen like you look at yemen for instance it's being bombed into the ground it's what it's crazy and it's like the largest like like famine like 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 and people are just kind of like Meh. <laughs> whatever and it's like it's there's it's and there's just like there's always 
like pieces i feel like it's like relative or it's not or it's like depends on where you are you know it doesn't yeah. like who on or what side you're on you know and there's like always struggles going on it's like i feel like in in especially america we've just been you know we have a north border and a south border and then we have vast oceans between us and the rest of the world you know like that's like we're, we're like very secure but this like idea that all these people are coming and it's like no it's not there the reason they're coming is because everywhere else is falling to shit and they want to escape they want to get away and our hands aren't completely clean yeah, and our hands are completely clean but it's, it's just weird it's just you know going with i don't know it's just there's some there's some crazy things happening or like it's it's there's things happening on so many levels but it's just like I find my I try not to get caught up with the big scale stuff like with national new like I don't I like national stuff I'll vote I'll do my part and, you know I'm contributing I'm I, I'm up I'm contributing to that part but like I'm really trying to concentrate on just what's around me because that's what it really comes down to it's like and that's you know, what you have the greatest effect on ultimately yeah, exactly it's so. like yeah I can affect what's around me the people around me and like you know and 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 you know take pride in like you know networking and, and being friends with and talking to people and seeing all these people, like the people I've collected in my life, like seeing the great, awesome things that everyone's doing that inspires me too. It's like, you know, you have, you have to, you know, surround yourself with like, with like, like people who are doing awesome stuff. Like you're eventually going to do, you just, you know, something that just rubs, you just, you, you find different influences. You, you just, you see, you get inspired by other people who you surround yourself with. And so like, you know, being in Durham, like, I just I, I I'm I feel like blessed because I like beca- happened to like fall in with a bunch of, you know, with various groups of people who are, you know, movers and shakers in this town. And well, speaking uh, of inspiration, where can people get inspired by your work? Oh, I got a website at rajbanug.com, and uh, you can check that out. R A J B U N N A G. Yeah, dot com. Uh, I got an Instagram uh, at jungle red uh, uh, jungle Asian redneck. Uh, that is me. It's a uh, that term was co- jungle Asian is coined by the comedian Bobby Lee. Okay. So, so it's 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 an offensive term depending on whose mouth it's coming from. But me being a jungle Asian, I'm taking it back. And uh, but it just really because res- you know I am from the jungle of Asia. And my dad raised me a redneck, so that's that's kind of what it is. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. But it's it's funny. I had a moment the other day with my wife. I was at the cookout uh, cookout line, and I just because I work on a farm. I've been working on a farm for four years, and like I don't know where it came. It just kind of like the, the the I would make fun of the Carolina draw for a little bit, and then like talking when I talk with certain like either cashiers or whatever. It kind of comes out. It doesn't. I don't. I'm not from the South, but like I, I always say, like I assimilate well because when I lived in California, people always thought I was either from like San Francisco or San Diego. I'm like, no, nah, I'm from Maryland. They're like, what the fuck? But like, so like, like I was talking. I ordered my like my like uh, my huge cheddar style uh, burger, some fries, and you know, milkshake, whatever. And like, I like said it in this this way that my wife was like, what? What was that? Like, what, what did you what did you say to her? I'm like, I'm sorry, I just I don't know where it came from. But just like, cause I don't know, we hang out with like Carolinians, especially on a farm. It just kind of rubs off on you. It just it's a it's a it's an interesting way of speaking that I think it's very charming. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh well we'll definitely have to co- have you come back on the show and 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 speak again i feel like there were so many paths that we could have gone down in in this conversation uh but we'll we'll tease it for the next time i do want to thank you for for being on the show uh, i really appreciate it um, this has been episode four of the buddy ruski show uh, you can find all the previous episodes on the website at buddyruski.com. Uh, I do want to shout out uh, my friend Jeremy, Jeremy Rist, who has provided the intro and outro music for this show. Uh, he is a dear friend of mine and a big supporter of the stuff that I do, so I want to make sure and return the favor. Um, if you haven't already checked out the Patreon page, definitely do that. Patreon.com backslash buddyruski cooking up some things for 2019 some other podcasts some other media projects as well uh so i'd love for you all to check that out tell a friend and support that campaign as well but until then thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next time bye-bye